Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. Well, hello, Slate Church Online. It's so good to see you both online and those of you that are tuning in uh, via Locals Plus. Again, just a reminder for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, as a church, we really value uh, community and being the church here at Slate Church. And uh, one of those ways that we we gather as a church is through our Sunday gatherings. And that's what you're taking part in right now. Whether you are taking part in it on, sa- on Sunday uh, or not, uh, that's a huge component of what we do. But we also understand that in order to become more like Jesus, we need to be apprentices of Jesus or disciples of Jesus. This is the language of scripture. And what that means is following him day in and day out, not just individually, but also in community. And so locals, which are smaller groups within our church that meet up throughout the week, we serve together, study God's word together, um, we eat together, and we uh, hold one another accountable to holy habits, uh, spiritual rhythms that allow us to be formed in the likeness of Christ. And whether you're a part of a local um, or you're at a Locals Plus, our encouragement is that that is a part of what you do as a part of Slate Church. And our Locals Plus are locals that are actually, um, our intention is to turn them into locations. And so I want to welcome everybody that is in a Locals Plus in, uh, in Cambridge and in Coburg. Uh, we're so glad to have you and everybody else tuning in online. You know, my encouragement to you is that even if you're watching alone right now, is that you would start praying into some people that you can invite into your living room, or maybe you, you listen to this all the time on a drive. Well, maybe invite somebody along for the drive. You know, church is not something that we do individually, but it's something that we gather people around. We need to do it in, in community, and, uh, and so I encourage you to do that. I don't know if I've introduced myself yet, but my name is Brandon Richardson. I am the lead pastor here at Slate Church alongside my wife, Emma. And uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet, if you don't know anything about my family, um, I hope that over time of you tuning in that um, you'll be able to do that a little bit more. Well, last week uh, we went through, uh, we, we, we capped off our series called Child Again. And Child Again was a great series for us as a church. It was all about, it was talking all about our identity as children of God and what it looks like to be born again and then become children of a God that are mature. And so we went through things like, what does it mean to see God as Father? And what are some of our barriers in the ways that you know, we were raised in our homes growing up and that sort of thing? Um, we talked about uh, the idea that it's important to see church as family. We talked about the idea that it's important if we're going to be children of God, that we're not immature children of God, but that we're actually growing in our maturity, but still have that identity as children of God. We talked about the discipline of God. Well, if God is Father and He's loving, and this is the primary identity in which God wants to relate to us, well then what does it look like to actually, um, uh, what, what does it look like for God's discipline? Because so many of us are afraid of God's wrath and that sort of thing. And so um, through all of this, you know, it's, um, it's been a really good series. And last week we actually ended off with um, a documentary, um, a documentary but mainly a testimony, uh, the telling of my story and the way that I found my identity as a child again, uh, as a child of God. And uh, it was really powerful. It was something that I think has impacted a lot of our church and we're still 
um, having conversation about how to continue to unpack these truths and these realities in our church. But I encourage you, if you, don't, if you haven't watched that series, if you didn't tune in for that, I'd encourage you to go to our YouTube page. You might be on it already. And, and watch back through that series. It's a, it's a building block for our church. It's not something that we, we did, we, we're, we're done, we check that box, we move on. But it's actually something we're going to be building on into the future. And so it'll actually be really helpful if you go back, if you missed a week, or if you haven't heard of the series at all, or you didn't listen to any of it or tune in, um, to go back and watch that so you can catch up with us and where we're going. Um, okay, well, today we're getting back. We're kind of in Christmas season now. And, uh, and, and in some ways, I, I thought it was interesting that we are actually continuing on our Child Again series. We're not, um, but we're talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. And I think for a lot of us, you know, one of the temptations as somebody who communicates a lot, and I've been, I mean, I've, I've preached a lot of Christmases or a lot of Christmas seasons, is you come across the story of Jesus and there's a temptation to think like, what new thing can I actually bring from this passage? Um, for those of us that have heard about the birth of Jesus, um, we know the Christmas story as it pertains to Christ. Um, you know, for some of us, we can actually tune out the story because we're like, I've been there, done that, heard that, know it, and kind of move on. Unfortunately, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I lament that in some respect, even as I approach it, like, what is the new thing that I can bring out of this? Because as I was just having a conversation with my wife on, the, on a drive to get my winter tires changed, and I was encouraging her, you know, as she sits down and she counsels people both within the church and also in her private practice, I was saying, you know, people don't always need to new, know new things, but sometimes we need, need to just be reminded of the things that we do know. And so I want to bring some new things out of the story, maybe some things that will interest you because we're walking through the book of Matthew um, as we've been doing in between series. And it just so lines up that we're walking through the book of Matthew and the story of Jesus' birth. And we're going to unpack it uh, line by line as we go along. And as we do that, I believe that it's going to bring out of the storehouse, you know, things of old and things of new. And I believe that it's going to be a blessing to you. But my encouragement to you is to tune in, lean in, and allow this, this uh, allow God's word to speak to you. And one of, the, one of my favorite ways to uh, speak about um, uh, the way that we interact with our, 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 our gatherings or Sunday services or with God's Word in general. Um, I related a little bit to McDonald's and if you've heard this before I, I, uh, I apologize but I say a lot more live than I do online. And the thing is is that like you could have done all the hard work today and you could have showed up and, and maybe for you it's opening up your laptop. For some of us it's actually getting the HDMI cord and all that figured out on our TVs. Um, it might just you know, be watching on your phone and you've done the hard work of, of dedicating this time. You're sitting down and you're watching and you're paying attention. And as you listen to this, um, there's a temptation that, to think that we've done all that there is to do to receive what God has for us today. Um, and I think a lot of people do this, whether they show up to a service live or they're watching online, is they just go, you know what, I've done the work and, and now God, you, you know, show up. And uh, when I think about going to McDonald's, uh, which is, you know, a place I frequent um, far too often. Actually, I've been frequenting Tim Hortons a lot more recently. And uh, you can blame uh, Pastor Nate, who you've seen on here before, for that, because he's got me back into uh, uh, medium regulars, such a Canadian thing. Anyway, it's like making your order at Tim Hortons. And as you go through, you've done all the work, you've driven there, you've made your order, you show up to the window, and uh, you've even paid, but it's a cold day and you put it back up your window, and uh, they're ready to hand you their, your food, and you just wait. And they're like, your window's up. And you're just waiting, 
You're like, I should have this. Like, I already did all this stuff. I showed up. I drove through this. I gave my order. I paid. But your window's up. And unless you roll down your window to receive what you showed up to get, then there's no way you're going to receive what you need. And so my encouragement for us as a church, whether you're tuning in online or you're tuning in with a group or whatever else, is that we would show up on Sundays, not just turning on the laptop, not just getting the HDMI cables hooked up, but actually by leaning in and allowing the, the, the window of your soul, so to speak, to be rolled down and allow God to speak to you. As long as we have barriers up between us and God and no level of vulnerability in his presence, it'll be really hard for him to speak to us. And so as we go through the book of Matthew, even if you're going, man, I've heard this. Well, if you, you think you've heard this and there's nothing new to learn, well, then your window will be up and you won't receive anything new. But if you say, God, what do you want to speak to me through your word? Then that's when something changes. So why don't we pray and then we'll jump into it. Jesus, I thank you for um, your word and I thank you for what you've been doing in our church. God, I thank you for everybody that's been tuning in online and even the new people that have been joining us in our Locals Plus, whether in Cambridge or Coburg, for those of us that have been inviting people over uh, to our houses and and uh, making this something that's not just about our walk with you, but actually gathering people in our homes uh, to, to watch our service together. God, I just thank you for everybody that is tuning in. And I pray that you would open up your word to us now, that you would speak to us, and that you would help us to roll down the window of our souls so that we might hear from you. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're in the book of Matthew, and uh, we walked through the first half of the first chapter previous to our Child Again series. And we walked through the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And it was wild. An ama- no, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, it was really informative and, uh, and it was really special to learn why the genealogy was so important. Um, but even in there was an example of how God's word can speak to us if we allow it. Well, we, are, we have graduated past verse, um, uh, verse 17 and we find ourselves in verse 18 of the first book of Matthew. And again, I encourage you when we're walking through the book of Matthew in between our our message series to make sure you have a notebook ready so that you can actually not only just know this stuff for yourself, but be ready to give an answer to anybody who asks, you know, what is this hope that you have in this Jesus Christ? Well, you'll have more stuff to say, hey, well, here's some of the stuff I've been learning and it's fascinating and, and it'll give you more language for that. So what we have is we have in verse 18, Matthew goes on to say, again, Matthew is one of the disciples, a tax collector turned disciple of Jesus, and somebody who actually gets the honor of writing the first gospel, the first narrative, the story of Jesus Christ, the first biography of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, the part of the Bible that looks back on the life of Jesus. And where we read is he's, he's now telling us about how Jesus came, came to this earth. And he says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with. Uh, uh, she was found, <laughs> but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Okay. I'm going to read kind of paragraph by paragraph and then just going to throw like a bunch of stuff at us and and, and I believe that God's going to encourage us and I think you're also going to learn some things. So here's some stuff to unpack, okay? So first of all, the birth of Jesus Christ came about and his mother Mary was pledged to be uh, married to Joseph, okay? But later on it says, but he has in his mind to divorce her quietly. So these are certain things that are 
sometimes on the outset, somewhat inconsistent with one another. So he's pledged to be married, like they're engaged, but he also plans to divorce her. Like what, what is that all about? Because you can only divorce somebody you're married to. Is that an inconsistency? Is that something that we can trust? Well, it's important to know that during this time, there was a period of betrothal that lasted about a year's time. It was like an engagement, but it was way more strict. Essentially, um, a betrothal or an engagement in the ancient Near East, this was very common for the, the, um, uh, for the entire um, ancient Near East, especially Jewish people, is that they would be betrothed to be married, and it was a contract. There was, like, there was no getting out of it. The only way to get out of that contract was to be divorced. Now, what's the difference between the betrothal and actually being married? Well, the Jewish people, after their betrothal, they would actually consummate the marriage with intercourse, okay? So that's the difference between betrothal and marriage. So if you wanted to get out of that contract, you actually had to divorce them out of it. It was that serious. It was, it was like a beefier version of engagement today for couples that take that seriously. And I recognize we're in a society today that wouldn't even take it quite that seriously. But the, 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 the um, uh, intercourse and consummation of the marriage would have sealed off that betrothal and now they would be married moving forward. So the fact that Mary is, um, is pregnant before the marriage but during the period of betrothal, this is a big deal. This isn't like a small thing. And what we see is that, um, is that uh, Joseph, although, he, um, although this would have been like a big deal, he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her um, publicly, so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now I want to touch on something because it's also interesting that Jesus was born to a virgin. Um, you know, there's been a lot of debate, even within theology, and I wouldn't say the vast majority of theologians, as to whether or not a virgin birth was possible or whether or not it was even necessary for a virgin birth to take place in order for something, somebody like the Messiah, the one that was going to save the world from all their sins, bring us back in a relationship with God, whether a virgin birth was even necessary. Now, here's some of the things that we need to understand. Is that if they were in the betrothal period, and this is factual and all the rest, well then, yes, I mean, they hadn't had sex yet because they were going to do that in order to be married. And when that happens, they would be married. Now, some would say, well, and maybe they did it beforehand. And maybe Jesus actually, how in the world could something like this happen? And how could we possibly put our trust in something that, uh, like a virgin birth as a starting point for the narrative of who Jesus Christ is? Now, I don't, I mean, I don't want to spend all of our time trying to unpack the reasons why this is. But when you look at the consistencies of who God is, um, uh, as one writer said, it's not completely necessary that Jesus would be born to a virgin for him to be God and who he said he was. Now, that would take a reading in Isaiah. It would take some unpacking there to actually make sense of what I just said. But most theologians would say, no, it is necessary and it is very possible that, and, and not just possible, but it, but it is in fact that Jesus was born to a virgin. And to that I would say, I agree. You know, there's a big leap to saying, well, Jesus wasn't, you know, Jesus is who he says he is. He's the son of God. Uh, he came to save us from all of our sins that bring us back into relationship with God. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, God created the world and, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of controls the moral order and all the rest. It'd be really wild to believe in all of that stuff and then look at um, this particular passage and be like, but... You know, the virgin birth just seems a little out of the realm of possibilities. You know, when it comes to suspension of belief, I don't believe that this is an area where we have to suspend our belief. 
In fact, when it comes to areas of where we wrestle with our faith and whether or not, did that really happen or whatever else, I wouldn't say that this is an area we need to get tripped up on. If God could create the world, if he could do miraculous signs, if we believe that Jesus was the Son of God, apart from even the virgin birth or whatever else, then it just makes sense that God could possibly bring about his Son in such an interesting way that allows him to be distinct from the rest of, of humans that have come into the world to say, this is my son, and, and whom I am well, well pleased, and this is how I'm going to transform the world from this point forward. And so I think the bigger problem, if we're going to take a problem with Scripture, this isn't the, the place to pick a bone with. Uh, because at the end of the day, God has done far more, uh, not, not far more miraculous things, but other miraculous things that really, I mean, if we're going to throw this out, you almost have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, oh, did God create the world? Did, can he do miracles? Do we believe in half of what the Bible says then? And I think that we have to peel it back and go, you know what, there are way more reasons to believe in Jesus than to not believe in him for something that really God and in, in his infinite abilities would be able to do through a virgin birth. One of the things I find really interesting is that it says that she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now this doesn't mean anything strange or anything like that, but it means actually something that is very significant. Back in the book of Genesis, which is the start of the Bible, it says that the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was, was, was covering over the waters. And through the Spirit, God created the world that exists. What's interesting is that we have the Spirit creating, through the Spirit, the world was created. And what you have is that the world is changed through Jesus Christ also through the Holy Spirit. I find it interesting that new beginnings within Scripture always include the Holy Spirit. And my encouragement to those of us that are listening today is that if we really want to follow Jesus Christ, it's really important to understand that our starting place needs to also be with the Spirit of God. We need to allow the Spirit of God to get inside of us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. If we want a new beginning, it's one thing to accept Jesus Christ as Lord, and that is the starting point. But immediately following, we need to ask God to fill us with His presence so that we might carry out the work of God in front of us and the life transformation that we so desire from God. We need to do that hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. That is how we actually become a new creation. We become a new creation in Christ and we are continually formed by the Holy Spirit's work inside of us. And so I encourage you to not neglect or quench the Holy Spirit's work in your life, but invite God's presence into you in moments of prayer and silence and solitude. Allow God to do his work inside of you through his Holy Spirit. In verse 20, we go on to say, uh, it, sorry, it go, uh, Matthew goes on to say, But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his, uh, save his people from their sins. Now it's interesting. Joseph, Joseph has um, been told about Jesus in many different ways. In fact, we, throughout the narrative of Matthew, have already been introduced to Jesus in a few different ways. One of them is through the genealogy. Another is the way that the angel um, talks, to, talks to Joseph. Um, another is just through the way that the scriptures speak about Jesus. But here we have an angel showing up to, to um, Joseph in the midst of a dream. 
And it's interesting because I think we all have these ideas of how does God speak and like how could God possibly speak to me? And, um, you know, how do I begin to understand the voice of God? And uh, while we will certainly speak on, on these kind of things even more in the future, one of the things that we can take comfort in is that God will speak to us in a majority or, or, or in, in, in a, uh, a vast, vastly different ways about who his son is. And when it comes to Jesus, God is, is not frugal in the way he shares who Jesus is with us. And it's why sometimes we can feel close to God in nature. And it's why sometimes we can feel close to God through a, a song or we can, we can sense God's presence in an interaction with somebody because God is always speaking about who Jesus Christ is. But I would encourage us to make sure that we're going through scripture and, and praying to God and being in those positions of prayer to receive from God in, in a more direct manner. But one of the encouraging things for us is that if we're nervous about whether or not God, God can speak to us or lead us, the encouraging thing is that God is always speaking to us. He's always uh, leading us. He's always ushering in the, the person and the nature of Jesus Christ into our lives in a way that will transform us and allow us to move forward. It says that she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. You see, in this short passage that we're walking through, uh, today, what we see is that Jesus is introduced and given two different names. The name Jesus here literally means Yahweh saves, or better said, be, better said in, in, in different language for us to be able to understand, God is our rescuer. You know, immediately we are introduced to the person of Jesus. He comes as a baby, but we are introduced to him by the way of, 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 of learning his name, and his name is God is our rescuer. And my encouragement to us in the midst of this Christmas season, there's chaos all around us. It's, um, we live in a wild world today and you know, even news media outlets, whether or not Omicron, uh, this new variant of, of COVID is, is actually a real thing or not, or, and, and it's certainly it's a real thing, but whether or not it's a real threat or not, a lot of this stuff, um, whether news outlets are designing it this way or not, the enemy would seek to use a lot of this stuff to get us derailed, to get our spirits out of, out of whack, to, um, to, to get us, you know, just, just turned slightly off degree so that we might, you know, struggle with things that we don't need to struggle with or, or um, have circular reasoning or get stuck in thought patterns that are destructive to ourselves and the people around us. We live in a chaotic world, whether it be news or the things that we're going through or, you know, those winter tires that I dropped off. And, uh, you know, we drop it off and, and I get a call back, as you always do. Hey, you know, our service technician just found a few other things. And, and all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's, it's not a, a $200 tire change and oil change, but all of a sudden there's $1,500 worth of stuff they, they, they say I need to get done. And immediately, you know, you're walking through this life and you might feel like you're having a good day. And all of a sudden, your inner life gets filled with such chaos. And, and it's the news and it's this bill and then it's this this relational issue that you're going through or, you know, for me, like, am I raising my kids properly? And all of this is seeking to get us, um, to, to, to get us unfocused from where our minds actually should be, which is on Jesus Christ. And Jesus is introduced to us in the first chapter of Matthew, his name meaning Yahweh, say, uh, Yahweh saves. Jesus, or God, is our rescuer. That's his name. In the midst of the chaos, even Jesus, not only in the social dynamic that he, that he, that he came into, which, which I mean, his, 
his heritage, the Jewish people were under oppression. There's all this religious confusion. Everybody had different ideas of what Jesus would be like, what the Messiah would show up in the scene as. Not only that, but in his own personal life, we see that he's born in a stable, in a manger. We see that his family was even having to like, like figure this out as Joseph is going, oh my gosh, like my, my, my wife is pregnant and we haven't had union yet and, and what that would mean in the culture today. And Jesus breaks through all of the chaos with this identity for us to put our trust in. God is our rescuer. You can truly put your hope in this gentle babe. <laughs> the, 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 his parents would have to put their hope in this, like, okay, we're going to raise, we're going to be the savior of the world. We have to put our hope in this babe, this, this vulnerable one. We can put our hope in Jesus Christ because he's here to save. He came to save. He goes on to say, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here's the second name that we have for Jesus. His name is Jesus, but we also call him Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. You know, we don't, we don't believe in a polytheistic religion, which, which essentially just means there are many different ways to get to God. You know, we don't believe in this way that if we just find any way, anything is going to lead us towards there. You know, the rock is going to lead us towards God somehow. This, this story is, is somehow, you know, going to lead us to God. Or, or, you know, choose your own religion, but all pathways eventually lead to God. That is not the religion that we believe in where any way could lead us to God. But we do believe in a God that will find any way to get to us. God with us literally means that God broke through the historical melee that, that, um, that was going on at the time, the chaos and everything else. He broke through it all. He broke through our inability to bring us back into proper relationship with him. He broke through it all and he broke through into the scene as a, as a little baby through the form of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was essentially God with skin on. With this identity that we call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And what it means is that God being with us, we can trust that through all the things that we're going through, that he doesn't just save us from it, but he stays with us in the midst of it. You know, for some of us, we're waiting on God to move us out of a season. Rescue us, God. If that's your name, if Yahweh, if Jesus literally means Yahweh saves, God is our rescuer, then God, rescue me from this situation. But the hope that we have, and a reference quickly, at the risk of some of us not knowing the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're about to be thrown in the furnace if they don't bow down to the powers of the world. And the emperor says, you have one last chance. And they say to the emperor, they say, our God is able, and even if he does not, and if you have an even if he does not attach to your faith, there's nothing that can get, if you have a Yahweh saves and God is our rescuer and that is your hope, but you still find yourself in those circumstances and you can lean into God as Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That is one way that you can be assured that no matter what the chaos is around you, that even if you haven't been rescued from the mess right here on even this side of eternity, that you can put your hope in the fact that God is still with you in the midst of your chaos. A lot of the stuff that I've been mentioning going on in my life, just little things that are just weighing on me, they're still there. Even as I speak this message today, I'm still going through some of those things. And yet... Even though God hasn't rescued me from this particular situation. Although I would argue that some of the peace he's giving me 
and the perspective and the contentment that rules my soul these days, I would say that he has rescued me. But even if this situation, I feel like I haven't been rescued and the problems are still there, I can take hope that God reveals himself to us as Emmanuel through this little baby, Jesus. And that in that, we can take hope that Emmanuel means God with us. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. You know, in this passage, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not Jesus. We're not God. We're not the Holy Spirit. But we can see ourselves in the life of Joseph. And when things go crazy around us, the temptation is to get up and run. And often we actually feel justified in that. Joseph would have been justified to run. And yet what we see is a man that sits and waits, allows the voice of God to speak to him in the way that the voice of God chose to speak to him, in the way that the voice of God chooses to continue to chase a lot of us down in the ways that he speaks to us. And he chose to listen to the voice of God and respond accordingly, staying put, allowing the reality of who this son that was now born into his family would mean not only for him, but for the world around him. And I think if we channel a little bit of that, of what Joseph did in this story in our own lives, not only could we be transformed by this God that has come to rescue us from our sins, but has also come to be with us, and not just so that I, as an individual, may benefit from what God is doing, but that I actually might be a conduit for Jesus Christ to move in the world that we live in today. My encouragement to you in the midst of this busyness and the, and the season that we find ourselves in is stay in the game. Keep going forward. God sees you. He knows what you're going through. It's the reason that he came to this earth is because he understood we can't do this all on our own. He provided a way himself. So I want to ask you a question. If you're watching or listening today, you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, it is as easy as saying, you know what, I want to put my trust in Jesus. A lot of us want to get our lives cleaned up before we come to him. The gospel narrative is that we come to Jesus exactly as we are and we allow him to clean us up over time. You don't come to be accepted by Jesus based on how you feel about yourself. You come and lay your whole self before God and then you allow him to work on that forward. It's not an easy thing. But it is a fulfilling thing. It's something that allows us to understand that while we are living on this side of eternity, that while eternity continues as we pass from this life into the, the next, that not only do we get to do li life with God now, but we actually get to spend eternity with Him. And all we have to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. But it is a belief thing that we're going to put our trust in who Jesus is and who He said He was. And so if you want to make a decision today to follow Jesus, I just encourage you to close your eyes. Allow him to speak to your heart now. If you're watching live online right now, I would encourage you to just press that button. I want to lift my hand to make a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, I want to pray for you. And if you're in a Locals Plus, maybe as everybody's head is bowed, maybe you just raise your hand and say, you know what, this is a decision I want to make today. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for everybody that's making a decision to follow you right now. And it's a decision that we need to make. It might be a decision being made in private right now, but it's meant to be lived out publicly. And I pray that your spirit would come and equip us to do that properly. But God, I pray that in the reality of who Jesus is and 
what he came to do, God with flesh on, that he revealed your very nature to us while he walked this earth. That God, we would put our trust in you as our rescuer, and we would put our trust in you as one that is present with us through all of life's circumstances and the midst of everything we go through. Jesus, I pray that your spirit would um, fill all of those that are making this decision to follow you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in just a moment, somebody will um, come up on the screen and, and give you more instructions on what to do next uh, after you've made this decision to follow Jesus. But I want to pray for the rest of us. And so if we could just bow our heads, those of us that maybe have already made this decision to follow Jesus. You know, maybe to start off December, it's, uh, it's already been chaotic and, and the world seems cloudy. And, and maybe you're just allowing the stressors of the world to, to, um, to infiltrate your inner world. My encouragement to you right now is that you would just pray along with me. And so if that's you, can just raise a hand wherever you find yourself. Or maybe even request prayer um, in our online chat, whatever that looks like. But let me pray for you right now. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that, um, uh, that you came to, to not just rescue us, but also to be with us. God, I am very thankful for that. And God, I pray for those of us that are going through a lot right now. And, and man, we are, we're the only ones that know what we're truly going through. God, I pray that you would just be there right with us showing us that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, that you're there to even comfort us. It's one of the primary ways that the, your Holy Spirit works inside of us. And so God, right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be speaking to every soul that is saying, you know what, I just need peace in my heart right now. God, I pray that you would level the chaos and bring order. And Jesus, I pray that you would be the one that shines in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.